a long time ago when I was in Asheville, early on actually, so that's been now 15 years, I suppose. This is before leptin was discovered, so I was doing a lot of research on my patients on insulin uh, to see what lowered it, what raised it. I mean, I measured insulin all over the place. There was only one lab in the country at the time measuring it, and that was Nichols' lab, so I would send all my blood over to Nichols' lab, probably personally supported that lab now until, you know, and then it became a, more of a household thing to measure insulin. But I remember one boy who came in, he was brought in by really nice parents, and he was a roly-poly, I think he was an 11-year-old, and they were both thin, and they were wondering, you know, why is he, he was getting fat, you know, and he was starting to get ridiculed by his classmates, and it was really starting to affect him. At the time I was measuring fasting insulin and everybody, I measured his fasting insulin. It was quite low, you know, but, I, but he was also young. So I so said, let's see what happens. Let's feed him uh, half a piece of toast. And I had done this to other people too. And if you uh, fed uh, most people half a piece of toast, it'll cause their insulin to maybe go from a baseline of maybe 5, which would be quite good, to maybe 35 or 40, you know, which is pretty high. But I gave him half a piece of toast, and his insulin went into the hundreds. That is like the Dogrib Indians up in Canada that were tested by Imoki. I, for, I can't say your last name. It's S-C-H-Z something. Mm. But, yeah, she said that it was exactly that extreme response mm-hmm. among a population that just crashes into diabetes as soon as you put yeah. them on the American They're diet. Just, they just become you know, hyperinsulinemic very, very easily. And so people will say, well, there's differences among people. I said, well, there's differences. The direction is the same. If you feed a piece of toast to anybody, and not even anybody, almost any any animal life, their insulin will go up. That's the response to sugar. Insulin goes up. I don't know of any organism currently alive where they would eat sugar or glucose or anything, starch, sugar-forming food, where their insulin goes down. It goes up. The genetic differences might have to do with the extent that insulin goes up. Some become much more hyperinsulinemic than others, they're going to be the ones that are going to become more rapidly insulin resistant because they do have such a high spike and it's going to stay high then for a much longer period of time. So they have a more extreme response. The response is in the same direction, but it's more extreme. And the previous generation's exposure to sugars may predispose the next generation to be more susceptible to having those extreme reactions happen which is why one generation can drink sodas and eat french fries, and the next generation shows all kinds of problems from it. Yeah. I think that one of the things that scientists are finally coming to grip with, hopefully sooner rather than later, is that the importance of genetics are not the genes that you have, but how they're expressed. And genetic expression can be transferred from mother to daughter and daughter to grandchild. The change in genetic expression can be from meal to meal. You don't have to wait 100,000 years for your genes to change. And so what we need to be concentrating on 
is the regulation of genetic expression and not paying so much attention to what genes a person has, which is where the focus has been for the last 50 years.